Brought to you by the WZIP sports team, this is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. I didn't really plan to ask this, but since you brought it up, what's it like kind of having like your own meme? Like, how does that make you feel? <laughs> Exclusive original content. He crosses paths with another best in the world. Oh, that gets you excited, don't it? Oh, that gets me excited. And, of course, the hottest takes. My dad used to have this saying, if you don't like the series, you don't like football. Well, I say I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise (laughs) those. Okay, okay. (laughs) So get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Sports Power Talk Overtime. Where today we have the second installment of Alternate Universe, where we take a sports scenario that happened in real life and we alter the course of sports history as we know it. My name is Jeff Longville. I am the host of your episode today, and joining me is my analyst, Logan Congrove. What's going on, Jeff? Not much. Very excited to be here. Um, our topic today is what if the college football playoff had never existed and the original format of the one seed versus the two seed was still in place. So, just a quick refresher. The college football playoff began in 2014. It took the four highest-ranked teams in college football and put them in a mini-tournament to crown a national champion. Since its creation, the college football playoff has only produced three one-versus-two matchups, meaning it has allowed for a more interesting postseason than the previous format. Personally, I'm a fan of the college football playoff, as, like I said, it does make the postseason more interesting, and I'd like to see it expanded to at least eight teams. Logan, what are your thoughts on that? I definitely would agree. I think eight teams is the move for college football. I think there's a lot of teams that should be involved in the playoff, even if they have less of a chance, but it makes it more interesting. I think my point of view would be Power 5 conferences get in with three three outside bids from, I don't want, I mean, I'll use the MAC as an example, but you know what I mean, not the right. MAC. Yeah. Okay, very cool, very cool. Um, so, today we're going to look at what would have happened if the original format had still existed. And obviously we're going to start at the very beginning in 2014, the very first season in which the college football playoff was introduced. Uh, in reality, the one seed was Alabama, the two seed was Oregon, the three seed was Florida State, and the four seed was the Ohio State Buckeyes. OSU defeated Alabama, and Oregon defeated Florida State in the semifinals, giving us a two-versus-four matchup in the national championship game. And then Ohio State went on to beat Oregon to win the first-ever college football playoff national championship. But in this alternate universe, Ohio State's not in that game, as instead it's one-seed Alabama versus two-seed Oregon. The rosters at the time, Alabama had quarterback Blake Sims, running backs TJ Yeldon and Derrick Henry. At wide receiver, they had Amari Cooper. At defensive line, they had Jonathan Allen. Linebacker, they had Reggie Ragland. And defensive back, they had Landon Collins and Cyrus Jones. For Oregon, they had Heisman Trophy winner Marcus Mariota, which is crazy to think about. Marcus Mariota actually won a Heisman. That would have been, that is crazy. <laughs> right. That's, that's crazy to me because he has not panned out in the pros at all. No, definitely not what people expected from him. Um, but alongside him, running backs Royce Freeman and Byron Marshall. At defensive line, Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner, and defensive back, Troy Hill. The schedules for these teams in 2014, Oregon beat Michigan State, who was ranked 7th at the time, Arizona, who was ranked 8th, UCLA, that was ranked 18th, and Utah, that was ranked 20th at the time. Their only only loss all season was to Arizona, but like I said, they redeemed themselves 
in the Pac-12 championship game. For Alabama, they beat Texas A&M, who is ranked 21st, LSU, who is ranked 14th, Mississippi State with Dak Prescott, who is ranked number one at the time, Auburn, who is ranked 15th, Missouri, who is ranked 14th. Their only loss was at Old Miss, who was ranked 11th at the time. Uh, looking at the team stats, Oregon was the better offensive team. They ranked higher in passing, rushing, receiving, and scoring. But Bammer was the better defensive team. They ranked higher in total yards, passing yards, rushing yards, and receiving yards, and scoring. Uh, what stands out to me here is that Oregon ranked 5th in total passing yards and 10th in passing yards per game, whereas Bama ranked 82nd in total passing yards and 61st in passing yards per game. And Bama ranked 9th in total opponent points and 4th in opponent points per game. And Oregon ranked 1st in total points and 4th in points per game. So to me, it comes down to Oregon's ability to dominate in the passing game and if Bama can keep Oregon from scoring. But Logan, who do you see winning this game between the Oregon Ducks and the Alabama Crimson Tide? Honestly, I stick with Oregon. I think that Marcus Mariota was fantastic that season. He had a lot of great players around him, like you mentioned, Forrest Buckner on defense, who's a fantastic player in the NFL today. Um, I think... Alabama had a huge weakness at quarterback in Blake Sims, and that in a national championship game is going to hurt you against a guy that won the Heisman. So I would definitely stick with Oregon winning that game. Yeah, that's that's who I have too. It really surprised me. I thought I was going to go with Bama just because they're Bama, honestly. But to me, I picked Oregon. I just trust their offense to dominate more against Bama's defense, um, win at their strengths, and expose Bama's weaknesses. So I do have... Oregon beating Alabama in 2014 uh, to win the first ever college football playoff national championship. And we can even use a little bit of reality here. They dropped 59 points against uh, Florida State in a real semifinal game. But um, with Ohio State not being in this position, a question does come up of what happens with Cardell Jones. So in reality, in 2014, he took over for JT Barrett after he got hurt versus the team up north in the last regular season game. Uh, started in the Big Ten title game and led Ohio State to a 59-0 victory over Wisconsin and was named the MVP. He started versus Bama in the semifinal game and won, then started versus Oregon and won the national championship. And then in 2015, he split time with JT Barrett until Barrett was named the full-time starter late in the season and then went on to be drafted by the Buffalo Bills in the fourth round of the 2016 draft. But obviously, with... Ohio State not being in this position, and Cardell Jones doesn't have the opportunity to win a national championship for Ohio State, what would happen? Uh, Logan, what do you think would happen uh, if Cardell Jones is not in this position? Realistically, I don't think Cardell Jones is as much of a wow-factor quarterback as he was because he would not have had any other opportunity to play. Plus, we have to look at it like this as well. The amount of players that he had around him on that Ohio State roster was was pretty substantial. Mm -hmm. So... I think if he only plays one game, then everybody just looks at it as, ah, Ohio State has all kinds of five-star recruits. Anybody could have played quarterback well in that game versus Wisconsin. And whatever bowl game they might have ended up in, uh, he might have gotten another shot there to look good, but it's still not on the same level as a national championship. I don't think that Cardell Jones continues to play the following season at all without that national championship, I think JT Barrett would have been the outright starter just because they would have said, ah, that was a nice two games, but we're going to bring our starting quarterback now. And I think he just has much less success. I don't think he even has a shot at the NFL. Mm -hmm. 
I'm pretty much along the same lines as you, um, with less experience under his belt going into the 2015 season. I think that Urban Meyer still gives Cardell Jones a chance to compete for the starting spot, but ultimately the competition is going to be won by JT Barrett uh, due to Jones having less experience and no national championship. So I think he's going to transfer for his senior season in 2016. I think his draft stock is going to plummet, and I don't think he gets drafted either. Uh, So Buffalo instead in 2016 is going to draft Kevin Hogan. Not that that makes much of a difference. They didn't draft one bad NFL QB. (laughs) So they didn't draft one good NFL QB, but they drafted another not good NFL QB. Moving on to 2015, in reality, the Clemson Tigers were the one seed. Alabama was the two seed. The Michigan State Spartans were the three seed. And the Oklahoma Sooners were the four seed. Uh, Clemson beat Oklahoma and Alabama beat Michigan State. So we have our first one versus two seed in the national championship game. And Alabama went on to beat Clemson. The rosters for both teams at quarterback, Alabama had Jake Coker. These are some real primetime QB names here for Alabama. Oh, boy. Jake yeah. Coker. Uh, running back, they had Derrick Henry, who won the Heisman this year. At wide receiver, they had Calvin Ridley, Ardarius Stewart. Uh, tight end, they had O.J. Howard. Offensive line had Ryan Kelly and Cam Robinson. Defensive line, Jonathan Allen. Linebacker, they still had Reggie Ragland. They had Reuben Foster and Tim Williams. Defensive back, they had Eddie Jackson, Marlon Humphrey, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Cyrus Jones. Uh, for Clemson, they had at QB Deshaun Watson. Running back, Wayne Gallman. Wide receiver, Artavis Scott and Sharon Piquet. Defensive line, they had Shaq Lawson, DJ Reader, and Kevin Dodd. At linebacker, they had BJ Goodson. And defensive back, they had TJ Green and Jaron Curse. Uh, Logan, who do you have winning this matchup? Since it's the same two teams, do you have the same thing happening here? Yeah, I do. I stick with uh, Alabama comes away with that one. And I don't think it's, I think it's probably about the same result score wise, honestly. Yeah, that game was going Alabama's way no matter what. Right, yeah. I I think it's safe to assume the exact same outcome happened, so I also have Alabama beating Clemson. In 2016, um, in reality, Alabama was the one seed, Clemson was the two seed, Ohio State was the three seed, and Washington was the four seed. Bama beat Washington. Clemson, as much as I don't want to say this, absolutely destroyed Ohio State in that yes. semifinal game. And we have our second one-versus-two matchup in the national championship game. And Clemson went on to beat Alabama on that last-second touchdown pass from Deshaun Watson to Hunter Renfro. Ended that magical season that freshman Jalen Hurts had. Um, for the the rosters for these two teams, uh, like I said, for Clemson, they had Deshaun Watson at quarterback, still had Wayne Gallman at running back. Wide receiver, they had Mike Williams, Hunter Renfro, like I mentioned, still have Artavis Scott. Tight end, they have Jordan Leggett. Defensive line, Christian Wilkins, Cleveland Farrell, Dexter Lawrence, and Carlos Watkins. What a defensive line that is. And for Alabama... Quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Running back, Bo Scarborough and Damian Harris. Wide receiver, Calvin Ridley and Ardarius Stewart. At tight end, O.J. Howard. At defensive line, Jonathan Allen and Dalvin Tomlinson. At linebacker, they have Ryan Anderson, Rashawn Evans, Tim Williams, and Ruben Foster. And at defensive back, Minka Fitzpatrick, Marlon Humphrey, Ronnie Harrison, and Anthony Averett. Uh, Eddie Jackson for Alabama did not play in this game, and I still have that happening. So again... Another 1v2 matchup here in the national championship game. Do you still have the same thing happening here? I stick with the same result for Mm -hmm. sure. As do I. Clemson beating Alabama on that last second touchdown pass from Deshaun Watson to Hunter Renfro. Moving on to 2017. In reality, Clemson was the one seed. Oklahoma was the two seed. Georgia was the three seed. And Alabama was the four seed. 
And this, to me, is the most interesting thing we're going to cover here because this year was the year that we had a three-versus-four matchup in the national championship game, and now we have two different teams playing in this game here. Um, So obviously, Alabama went on to beat Clemson, and Georgia beat Oklahoma in what was probably the best college football game I've ever seen back in 2017. That game was incredible. So we had a three-versus-four matchup. Alabama beat Georgia in overtime after Tua Tugavailoa replaced Jalen Hurts in the second half to lead a comeback victory over the Georgia Bulldogs, and Tua threw that game-winning touchdown pass to Devontae Smith. But in this alternate universe, we have the Clemson Tigers versus the Oklahoma Sooners. The rosters for these two teams, at quarterback for Clemson, they had Kelly Bryant, running back Travis Etienne, wide receiver Hunter Renfro was still there, Defensive line, Christian Wilkins, Austin Bryant, Cleveland Farrell, and Dexter Lawrence. And at linebacker, they had Dorian O'Donnell, and they had Trayvon Mullen at DB. For Oklahoma, they had your favorite player of all time, Heisman Trophy winner Baker Mayfield at quarterback. At running back, Rodney Anderson and Trey Sermon before he was a Buckeye. Um, At wide receiver, they had Marquise Hollywood Brown and CeeDee Lamb. At tight end, they had Mark Andrews. Offensive line, they had Orlando Brown and Cody Ford. And at linebacker, they had... Kenneth Murray. The schedules for these two teams, Clemson beat Auburn, who was 13th. They won at Louisville, who was 14th. They won at Virginia Tech, who was 12th. They beat UNC, who was 20th. And they beat Miami, who was 7th. Their only loss of the entire season was at Syracuse. And for Oklahoma, they beat Ohio State. They won at Ohio State, who was 2 at the time. And that was the game where Baker Mayfield obviously planted the flag in the middle of our logo. Um, don't like to talk about that very much. Yeah, we can ignore that. Right. Um, they won at Oklahoma State, who was 11th, and they beat TCU twice, once when they were ranked 8th and once when they were ranked 11th, and their only loss all year was versus Iowa State. The stats for both of these teams, Oklahoma was number one in total yards and yards per game, and number one in passing yards and number three in passing yards per game, number one in points scored and number three in points scored per game, and Baker Mayfield, Heisman Trophy winner on his own, completed 71% of his passes, which led the FBS, and had a 41-5 to touchdown-interception ratio. Wow. Definitely not like what we've seen in the NFL from him. Absolutely not. (laughs) And for Clemson, they were number 8 in total yards and number 6 in yards per game, number 13 in total passing yards and number 8 in passing yards per game, and number 3 in total points scored and number 2 in points points per game. So... If we're looking at Clemson versus Oklahoma here, who do you have winning this game? I go with Clemson as much I mean, excuse me, I go with Oklahoma as mm-hmm. much as it pains me to say I think in college Baker Mayfield was so pro ready. He was so amped up for that game. I think Baker Mayfield's like you said that touchdown to interception ratio is flawless and I think that translates into that game and Oklahoma comes away big against Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh for me, Clemson has the better resume. But Oklahoma has the better offense at 45 points per game. But Clemson also has the better defense at only 13 points per game. But if we use reality here, Oklahoma scored 48 points against a Georgia defense that also allowed 13 points per game. And Georgia scored 54 points versus an Oklahoma defense that allowed 25 points per game. And Clemson averaged 33 points per game. So it is possible that Clemson can score big versus Oklahoma, but it's also possible that Oklahoma scores big against Clemson. To me, it comes down to can Oklahoma outscore Clemson, and I do believe that the answer is yes, because Georgia beat Oklahoma because of the run game as they rushed for 317 yards and five touchdowns with Nick Chubb and Sonny Michel. Um, 
And Georgia averaged 258 rushing yards per game, whereas Clemson averaged 194. So I think Oklahoma could hold up better versus Clemson in the run game. And Oklahoma's pass defense wasn't ranked very high, but neither was Clemson's passing offense. So whoever can expose the other in that area can have an advantage there, which is why I'm going with Oklahoma. I think that they hold up better against Clemson in the run game, uh, better than they did against Georgia. And I think they're able to outscore the Clemson defense. So I do have Baker Mayfield and the Oklahoma Sooners winning a national championship game in a very close one. So, so far, we've agreed on everything, right? Yeah. Interesting, interesting. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't agree with many people on a lot of things, so it's a good thing that we're agreeing. Very true. But honestly, though, most of the time we're up here, you are one of the few people that I agree with the most. Thank like, you. I feel like I disagree with a lot of people, but we agree more than the average person. Well, if you would have been on the first episode, you probably would have disagreed with Jake Murn as we gave him the nickname Rational Jake because he didn't change really anything. I disagree with Jake Murn on <laughs> most things. Right. I, I'm aware. I'm aware. Um. So, obviously, with Alabama not being in this position, the question is, when would Tua Tugavailoa take over for the Crimson Tide? Um, As brought up earlier, Tua replaced Jalen Hurts in the second half of the 2017 National Championship game and led Alabama to a comeback victory over Georgia. And then Tua became the starter for Alabama next season, with Jalen Hurts sitting as the backup. But with Alabama not playing in the National Championship game, there's no reason for Jalen Hurts to be replaced. So, does Jalen Hurts still start for Alabama in 2018? I do think Alabama sticks with Jalen Hurts as their starter. Like you said, no reason for him to be replaced in that situation. And I know we're going to get into it a little bit more here coming up. But I think that we don't see as much from Tua Tagovailoa maybe ever, which means do we see him in the NFL? I say no. Mm. I don't think I ever see him getting his shot at Alabama. But... In this situation, I do not think that Alabama replaces Jalen Hurts. I think he rides it out as their starter. I do agree with that. I don't know about the whole Tua thing. Or actually, I do not. I don't I don't agree with that, but we'll get into okay. that later. Um, yes, yeah, so I do have Jalen Hurts still starting for Alabama in 2018. Um, does Alabama still finish number one, though, like they did in 2018? Yes, I think they stay at number one. Mm-hmm. As, undisputed. Right, as do I. Uh, so in 2018, Alabama was number one. Clemson was number two. Notre Dame was number three, and Oklahoma was number four. Alabama beat Oklahoma, and Clemson beat Notre Dame. And we have our third and final 1v2 seed in the national championship game. And Clemson went on to absolutely destroy Alabama in that game. Um, The rosters for these teams, for Clemson, they had Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, um, running back Travis Etienne, wide receiver T. Higgins, Hunter Renfro is still there, and Justin Ross. Defensive line, Christian Wilkins, Cleland Farrell, Austin Bryant. At linebacker, Isaiah Simmons. At defensive back, A.J. Terrell and Trayvon Mullen. For Alabama, at quarterback, they still have Jalen Hurts in this alternate universe. So it's not two, it's Jalen Hurts. Running back, Damian Harris and Josh Jacobs and Najee Harris. What a running back room that is. Wide receiver, they have Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, and Jalen Waddell. And what a wide receiver room that is. At tight end, they have Irv Smith Jr., offensive line, Jonah Williams, Alex Leatherwood, and Jedrick Wills. At defensive line, they have Quinn Williams and Isaiah Bugs. At linebacker, they have Dylan Moses. And at defensive back, they have Deontay Thompson and Xavier McKinney. Linebackers Christian Miller and Mac Wilson for Alabama did not play in this game, along with defensive back Trayvon Diggs. With Jalen Hurts starting instead of Tua Tagovailoa, 
Does the same outcome happen? Does Clemson still destroy Alabama in the 2018 National Championship game? I don't think they still destroy them. I think Alabama has a little bit more of a chance. I think they score a little bit more points with Jalen Hurts under center, but I still think that Clemson wins this one big. Okay. Um, So for me, I'm going to use a little bit of reality here. In the 2018 SEC Championship game versus Georgia, Tua got hurt, and Hurts came in for him to lead a comeback victory over the team that made him struggle the most last year. In this universe, Hurts never struggled versus Georgia because they don't play Georgia in the national championship game. And they still do lose to Clemson in 2016, though. So, with Hurts being able to get his revenge versus Georgia in real life when he got the chance, I think a similar thing could happen when he faces Clemson here. It is worth noting that Hurts led Alabama to victory over a Georgia team on no notice versus if he plays Clemson here, he would have time to prepare. But you could also use the argument of Georgia wasn't preparing to face Jalen Hurts in that game. That's true. Because of how Hurts got his revenge versus Georgia, I think in this universe, if he plays Clemson again, I think that he would actually come out on top. So I actually have Alabama beating Clemson here in 2018. Mm -hmm. So this is our first disagreement, Logan. That's a good thing, I think. Right. Hopefully, but honestly, I could see it both ways. Like, I see, I see your point of view as well. I just think that Clemson was that much more powerful in that game. I don't know how much of a difference a quarterback makes. Right. Very true. I also see your point of view as well. Right. And hopefully, you know, not that I want to disagree with you per se, but hopefully, for you know, sake of keeping it interesting, we less have, a, we have, yeah, we have less agreements. <laughs> um. So after that, I think that Jalen Hurts is going to declare for the NFL draft after his junior year and winning a national championship. And I think he will be the second QB taken in the draft after Kyler Murray. So he will be drafted by the New York Giants instead of Daniel Jones. And if that happens, the the Giants are in a much better position now than with Danny Dimes. In my opinion, probably the worst quarterback in the NFL. So you don't see Jalen Hurts ever making it to Oklahoma? You think he's gone before he even transferred? Correct. Yes, absolutely. Um, do you have Jalen Hurts being, did you have him declaring for the draft after this season? I had him staying one more year, but I had him staying at Alabama if he is going to be the number one starter there. And I think that he proves himself a little bit more and I think he improves his draft stock or stays right about in that range. But if he were to declare, I would say that he would be viewed as a much better quarterback than Daniel Jones was at that point in time, Mm -hmm. which would improve the Giants a lot. Right, absolutely. Um, so now the question is, when does Tua take over? And I have him taking over in 2019. He takes over in his sophomore year. He couldn't redshirt his freshman year because he played in eight games his freshman year. Um, so I have him starting for Alabama in 2019. In reality, uh, for the college football playoff in 2019, LSU was the one seed, Ohio State was the two seed, Clemson was the three seed, and Oklahoma was the four seed. LSU beat Oklahoma. Clemson beat Ohio State, and we have that one-versus-three matchup with LSU beating Clemson. This is the best storyline in this alternate universe, I think. Oh, for sure. uh, With Joe Burrow facing his old team, the team that he originally committed to but could never end up playing for, as we have LSU versus Ohio State here. Uh, The rosters are both these teams at LSU. They have quarterback Joe Burrow, Heisman Trophy winner. At running back, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Wide receiver Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson on the same team, which is absolutely insane, along with Terrace Marshall. Tight end, they have Thaddeus Moss. 
Offensive line, they have Lloyd Cushenberry. Linebackers, they have Patrick Queen and Kayla Von Chason. And at DB, they have Christian Fulton, Derek Stingley, Grant Delpit, and Jacoby Stevens. For Ohio State, they have Justin Fields at quarterback, J.K. Dobbins at running back. Wide receiver, they have Chris Olave and K.J. Hill. Offensive line, they have Wyatt Davis, Jonah Jackson, Thera Munford, and Nicholas Petit-Frere. Defensive line, Chase Young and Davon Hamilton. Linebacker, they have Tuff Borland, Baron Browning, Malik Harrison, and Pete Warner. And DB, they have Damon Arnett, Jeff Okuda, and Jordan Fuller. Uh, Jonathan Cooper for the Buckeyes did not play in this game due to redshirt eligibility, and I still have that happening. The schedules for both these teams, LSU beat uh, Texas at Texas, who were ranked ninth at the time. They beat Florida, who was ranked 7th, Auburn, who was ranked ninth, and they won at Alabama, who was ranked 3 at the time, and I still have Tua getting hurt in that game. Um, and then they beat Georgia, who was ranked 4th. Ohio State beat Michigan State, who was ranked 25th. Wisconsin twice, they were ranked 13th and 8th. Penn State, who was ranked 8th, and they won at the team up north, who was ranked 13th. Uh, so both teams here have really good resumes and are both undefeated. Looking at the team stats... Uh, yards per game, LSU was first, Ohio State was fourth. Points per game, LSU was first, Ohio State was third. Opponent yards per game, LSU was 32nd, Ohio State was second. Opponent passing yards per game, LSU was 57th, Ohio State was second. Opponent rushing yards per game, LSU was 24th, Ohio State was seventh. And opponent points per game, LSU was 28th, Ohio State was third. Um, so st- statistically, I think you could say Ohio State could hold LSU's offense to limited production there. Um, But who do you have winning this game? I still think LSU is the most decorated college football team of all time. And that's saying something because there's been a lot of good teams. All the the Miami teams through the 2000s, the Mm -hmm. Ohio State teams through the past like 10 years, honestly. But I think that that LSU team and Joe Burrow had, I think Joe Burrow had the best year as an NCAA quarterback ever, out of any quarterback ever. So I would stick with LSU winning that game over Ohio State. I think Ohio State puts up a fighting chance, but I think Joe Burrow and LSU just proved to be too much at that point. I remember at the time that I wanted LSU so bad. I did too. Because at the time, I still didn't understand why Joe Burrow had left, so I was still mad at him. I was too. And I wanted nothing more than to beat Joe Burrow in the national championship game, but obviously... You know, we lost to Clemson. Yes. But there were some questionable calls in that game, but 100%. still, we let Clemson go down the field way too easily after taking the lead late in that game and couldn't beat Trevor Lawrence. Couldn't beat Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, yeah, statistically, I do think it's possible that Ohio State can contain LSU offensively and expose their defense, but I'm in the same boat as you. That LSU team was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, using reality, LSU beats... Both Clemson and Georgia, who were, who both allowed less points per game than Ohio State, and uh, Clemson allowed less yards per game than Ohio State, and like like you said, LSU was just too stacked. And I do think LSU still wins the national championship game if they play Ohio State in 2019, which is sad to think about. But I mean that that team was just absolutely ridiculous. I've never they seen were. anything like that. Moving on to 2020, we're going to talk about Alabama a little bit here. So in reality, after getting hurt versus LSU, Tua got replaced by Mac Jones. Um, Tua, I have him not declaring for the draft in 2020. I think he stays another year. And then Miami is now going to draft Justin Herbert in 2020. 
Um, and Tua and Mac Jones are going to compete for the starting job, and I'm going to have Tua winning. Um, so in reality, in 2020, Alabama was number one, Clemson was number two, Ohio State was number three, and Notre Dame was number four. Alabama, Alabama beat Notre Dame, and Ohio State finally beats Clemson in what is my favorite Ohio State game of all time. Absolutely incredible performance by Justin Fields there. For sure. And Alabama went on to beat Ohio State. So do you think... Do you have Tua staying an extra year? I definitely have Tua staying an extra year because he's going to want to come back and continue to prove himself. And I would agree with you that I think he wins the job over Mac Jones. Mac Jones takes a seat for another year, and I think Tua balls out in his final season at Alabama, and then he declares the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you still have Alabama as the one seed with Tua as opposed to Mac Jones? Yes, definitely. Yes, as do I. Um, so in this universe, we have... Alabama versus Clemson for like the millionth time. This is why the CFP is a good idea. Because I think that if you have the same two teams every year, you just lose interest. For sure. Unless you're invested in the team. Um, And that's not to dig at Alabama or Clemson. Other teams should work to get better than them to put themselves in this position. But apparently for a long time, it just was really hard to do that. The average fan definitely loses interest if, like I know a guy like my dad, my dad isn't super interested in any team other than Ohio State. So every year when that game rolls around, if Ohio State is not in it, it's less likely that he's going to watch or care about the result. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there like that. So I agree that it's nice to see some things changed up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And this is why they should expand it to eight teams. Because, you know, you could make the argument that, well, an eight seed is not going to hold up very well against a one seed. And I would agree with that on most occasions, but... Like we mentioned earlier, only three times have we gotten a 1v2 matchup in the National Championship game since this format has come into existence. So if you add an extra round, you know, who knows what can happen? Who knows how that 8 seed or that 7 seed is going to play with more on the line than just, you know, a win or loss? Because then, in that case, I'll use last year as an example. I would have put Cincinnati lower, but Cincinnati still would have been in the playoff. And Cincinnati would have been that Cinderella team that made things happen and made it that far, but I think it would have given other teams an opportunity to be better than teams like Cincinnati. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, so looking at reality, we're going to have, or looking at the alternate universe, we're going to have Alabama versus Clemson instead of Alabama versus Ohio State. Uh, at quarterback, Alabama has two now instead of Mac Jones. Running back, they have Najee Harris. Wide receiver, they have Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman this year. And Jalen Waddell, who missed most of the season with injury, but came back for this game. And I still have that happening, as, uh, as well as John Mechie at wide receiver. Offensive line, they have Alex Leatherwood and Evan Neal. Defensive line, they have Christian Barmore. At linebacker, they have Christian Harris, Will Anderson, and Dylan Moses. At defensive back, they have Patrick Sertan, Jordan Battle, and Josh Job. For Clemson, uh, quarterback, they have Trevor Lawrence. Uh, running back, Travis Etienne. Wide receiver, Amari Rogers and Cornell Powell. Linebacker, they have James Skowski and Balen Spector. And defensive back, they have Nolan Turner and Andrew Booth. The schedules for both these teams, Alabama beat Texas A&M, who is ranked 13th, and Georgia, who is ranked 3rd. Auburn, that was ranked 22nd, and Florida, that was ranked 7th. Clemson beat Miami, who is ranked 7th, and Notre Dame, who is ranked 2nd at the time in the ACC Championship game. And their only loss was at Notre Dame, Quit the time was ranked fourth, and that was the game that Trevor Lawrence missed without COVID or missed with COVID. 
Uh, so very clearly, Alabama has the better resume here. I'm um, looking at the stats for both teams. Uh, both teams are pretty even in most categories, um, both better at offense than defense. Alabama edges Clemson in yards per game, passing yards per game, rushing yards per game, uh, points per game, and opponent points per game. And Clemson is better at opponent yards per game, opponent passing yards per game, and opponent rushing yards per game. So uh, to me, it comes down to can Clemson's defense stop Alabama's offense? Uh, Logan, who do you have winning in this alternate universe, Clemson versus Bama? I have Alabama winning as much as I don't like saying that because Alabama is one of my least favorite teams. As is they are mine. But I think Alabama proves to be too much for Clemson, although Trevor Lawrence looks great, of course. I think Alabama is a much more well-rounded team in this situation, and they come away with the win. Mm -hmm. Um, As do I. Um, This Alabama team actually averaged slightly more points than the LSU team did last year. Um, and they would have been better battle-tested um, compared to Clemson. So I would have Alabama beating Clemson in 2020 as well. Um, moving on to 2021, uh, before the college football season, I am now going to have Tua declare for the 2021 NFL Draft. Um, in this universe, Tua has only one loss, which was the LSU game when he got hurt, and he still has a national championship game. Or he still has won a national championship game. Trevor Lawrence in this universe has no national championship. Um, So I think Tua boosts his draft stock to be the first QB taken. So I have Tua being drafted by Jacksonville in 2021. Trevor Lawrence is going to get drafted by the Jets. Um, Zach Wilson is going to get drafted by the 49ers. Trey Lance is going to get drafted by the Chicago Bears. And Justin Fields is going to get drafted by the New England Patriots. I like all of those picks. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have Tua declaring for the draft in 2021 as well? Definitely, and I would agree with your take that without a national championship, Trevor Lawrence doesn't look as promising and has less on his resume. I think Tua would be the number one quarterback taken and does come out of Alabama that year. Mm -hmm. Um, So then heading into the 2021 season, I have Mac Jones and Bryce Young competing for the starting spot, and I'm going to have Bryce Young winning that competition I think that without him having all that experience in 2019 and in 2020, I think that Bryce Young is the more talented quarterback and wins that competition versus Mac Jones. Um, Is that what you have happening as well? I have Mac Jones winning, actually. Really? Yes. I think Mac Jones is more of the type of quarterback that Nick Saban likes to play with. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Bryce Young is a great quarterback, won the Heisman this year in reality. But... I think Mac Jones, who has been the backup quarterback on that team for a while, finally gets his shot and continues to be the starter for Alabama over Bryce Young. Very interesting. Um, For me, I'm going to have Mac Jones transfer after this year due to him not getting any playing time. So he is going to transfer for his extra year of eligibility due to COVID. Um, So you have Mac Jones still at Alabama. I have him transferring. Correct. So do you still have... Just out of curiosity, do you still have Alabama finishing number one this year? I do. I think Mac Jones still keeps them at that same level. And I would agree if he does stay that that also probably does happen as well. Um, Looking at reality, Alabama finished number one this year. The team up north finished number two. Georgia finished third. And Cincinnati finished fourth. Alabama beat Cincinnati. Georgia beat the team up north. And we have a one versus three matchup with Georgia beating Alabama in a national championship game. And I was so... So happy we weren't going to get Bama winning again 
because, like you said, they're one of my least favorite teams. They really are. Yeah. Very happy for, for Georgia and Kirby Smart and all them. But in this alternate universe, and this is the most depressing one to me, we have Alabama versus the team up north. And obviously, if this happened, I would want Alabama to win, but I wouldn't feel good about it, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Um, so the rosters for both these teams, for the team up north, at quarterback they have Cade McNamara, running back Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum, wide receiver Cornelius Johnson, defensive line Aiden Hutchinson, who should have been the first pick in the draft, along with David Ajabo. At linebacker they have Josh Ross, defensive back Daxon Hill, Vincent Gray, and DJ Turner. Um, but David Ajabo would not play in this game due to injury, and I still have that happening. Um, for Alabama, at quarterback, they have Bryce Young, who I, I have this still happening because he beats out Mac Jones. Still have him winning the Heisman. Running back, they have Brian Robinson. Wide receiver, they have Jamison Williams. Offensive line, Evan Neal. Defensive line, Fedarian Mathis. Linebacker, Will Anderson. Christian Harris. Henry Tuoto. And defensive back, Jordan Battle. Um, wide receivers for Alabama, John Mechie. And defensive back Josh Job would not play in this game due to injury. And, of course, Jamison Williams got hurt during this game. So that's the roster for Alabama, but you have Mac Jones here instead of Bryce Young. I do. All right. Uh, the schedules for both these teams, the team up north won at Penn State, who was ranked 23rd at the time. They beat Ohio State, who was ranked twice, and I hate saying that. And they beat Iowa, who was ranked 15th in the Big Ten Championship game. Their only loss was to Michigan State, who was ranked 8th at the time. And Alabama beat Miami, who was ranked 14th. They won at Florida, who was ranked 11th. They beat Old Miss, who was ranked 12th. They beat Arkansas, who was 21. And they beat Georgia in the SEC Championship game, who at the time was number one. And their only loss all year was at Texas A&M. Looking at the stats, Alabama is better at passing. They rank 7th in passing yards per game. The team up north ranks 68th. The team up north was better at rushing. They ranked 15th in rushing yards per game. Alabama ranked 76th. It is crazy how these teams who rank so low in these categories end up winning a national championship. It is crazy. It's crazy. Um, An opponent passing yards per game, the team up north ranked 22nd. Alabama ranked 62nd. And an opponent rushing yards per game, Alabama ranked 4th. And the team up north ranked 21st. So for me, it comes down to can the team up north stop the pass? Can Alabama stop the run? Who do you have winning this game, Logan? I'm going to go with Alabama. I'm going to stick with Alabama on this pick. Again, I think Mac Jones proves that he fits very well in Nick Saban's style of play, and Alabama runs away with that one. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, using reality, Alabama dropped 41 points on a Georgia defense in the SEC Championship game that allowed less than a touchdown per game up until that point. It dropped 41 points on them. Wow. Um, And I think that the only team that was capable of stopping Alabama in the national championship game was Georgia because of how good their defense was. However, you have to ask yourself, without John Mechie and then Jamison Williams uh, for the end of the game, could the team up north stop the Alabama passing attack? And now Alabama had others that were capable of stepping up in the absence of star players, guys like Cameron Latu, Ja'Cory Brooks, and Slade Bolden. Um, the team up north was 22nd in opponent passing yards per game, and Georgia was third and had a better defense altogether. 
So I do still trust Alabama to stop the team up north's strengths more than I trust the team up north to stop Alabama's strengths. So even even without their main weapons, I still have Alabama beating the team up north in 2021. And 100%. I'm glad because if I had to sit here and say that they won a national championship, I'd that would be, hurt. Yes, it would hurt my heart so bad. Um, let's go ahead and do a final recap here. For me, I have Alabama winning four national championships in this time period, just like in reality, but in different years. Clemson has one title instead of two. Oregon has one title instead of zero. And Oklahoma has one title instead of zero. And LSU has one, just like in reality. Um, Ohio State and Georgia have zero championships during this time period, um, instead of one each. Uh, Cardell Jones never wins a natty, transfers in 2016. Jalen Hurts wins a title as a starter, gets drafted by the Giants in 2019. Trevor Lawrence never wins a natty, and goes second in 2021 to the Jets. And Tua is drafted first by Jacksonville in 2021. Mac Jones transfers from Alabama in 2021 and never becomes a starter for Alabama for a year and is Where? not drafted by the Patriots in 2021. Where do you see Mac Jones transferring if that was the case? You know, that is a good question, um, given that obviously he was talented because he got a scholarship offer from Alabama, right. um, but with very limited playing experience, um, maybe one of those teams in the Power Five that doesn't have a prominent football program. Okay. Um, or maybe one of those teams outside the Power Five that, like in the American, you know, like right. USF or something, some, something like that. And I think maybe he ends up getting drafted based off of that, but... Would it, be late. Right, right. Very late would be more difficult than how easy it was for him in reality. Um, Justin Herbert is going to get drafted by the Dolphins in 2020. Zach Wilson is going to get drafted by the 49ers in 2021. Trey Lance is going to go to the Bears in 2021, and Justin Fields is going to go to the Patriots in 2021. Logan, what does your final recap say? Final recap for me was we had all the same national championship picks, which surprised me. Mm-hmm. We had the same that Trevor Lawrence never wins one. Ohio State never wins one, which is shocking, but Ohio State would never win a national championship. Um, I do have Mac Jones staying as the starter for Alabama at that point in time over Bryce Young. Skipping back, I skipped over the previous situation. Excuse me. Um, I have Jalen Hurts staying as a starter for Alabama over Tua Tagovailoa, and then I have Tua Tagovailoa staying for another season and then ends up being the number one quarterback drafted like we talked about. And I have I have Tua Tagovailoa staying at Alabama and continuing his success. Following that, I have LSU, of course, still wins their national championship, most decorated college football team of all time. Joe Indeed. Burrow continues to be the guy that he is. Nothing changes there. And... And to everyone's pleasure, we never see that team up north win a national championship, with this, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But overall, lots of insane situations. But I think the most absurd to me is that Ohio State would never win a national championship. Right. It's very unfortunate to think about. Um, the biggest takeaway for me is that if we didn't have the CFP right now, we would see Alabama versus Clemson like every year. I mean, obviously, Alabama would still win like what four natties and all that but just again seeing the same two teams play for the national championship every year just can get boring sometimes and i'm glad that the cfp exists and i want to see it expanded to eight teams hopefully sometime soon but you know 
discussions on that haven't really resulted in much, so who knows if we'll ever see it. I hope so. Right. I, it'd be so much better for the sport and for the viewership. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Plus, if they're smart, more games means more money. Right. Absolutely. Put more put more games in the playoff. Mm-hmm. You make more money. Everybody's happy. More teams get in, and it's more interesting. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I just don't see how that's a... I think people saying 12, I think that's a little much. Yeah. I would stick with 8. Right. But... I think it definitely should move to eight in the near future because it just benefits all sides in the situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if if it's expanded, then you have a greater chance of having um, the five main conferences being represented. You right. don't have USC and UCLA all of a sudden joining the Big Ten. Right. Which makes no geographical sense not whatsoever. At all. But, you know, I'm honestly, I'm here for it. I'm not mad about it. I'm here for you it. You play Lincoln Riley twice a year. Right. Um, I think USC, well, both teams... And both sports add some more depth, but I think Definitely. USC more for football, UCLA more for basketball. I'm all, I'm all here for it. Um, but that is going to do it for this episode of Sports Power Talk Overtime. You can listen to it on any major podcast streaming platform. Once again, my name is Jeff Longville, and joining me was... Logan Congrove. And we'll see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace out.